Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks making love. American made. Listen up, Auto Thoughts and Decepticons. You're listening to Prime Cuts, a nonlinear history of the Transformers franchise on television. I'm one of your hosts, Audrey. I'm your other host, Nero. And today. We're finally talking about the very large uh, plane man who showed up in last week's episode that we didn't really talk about because of chronology reasons. Um, and to talk about it, we are joined by a very special guest who has taken time out of his busy schedule, unraveling the darkest parts of the iCarly extended universe. Um, do you want to uh, introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Quinn Reviews. Uh, I uh, make videos unraveling the darkest parts of the iCarly extended universe. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm a closeted but not closeted gigantic Transformers fan, and I'm excited to be here. So uh, yeah, we well, one, we always start with this question with yeah. our guests, which is, what is your history, your personal history with the Transformers franchise? Uh, yeah, so my dad, uh, my dad had a, a bunch of the original recordings of the original show on VHS, and he was really into, like, kind of pulling out these old recordings he had off-air from back in the day, and kind of showing those to us as an introduction to shows that he really liked when he was a teenager and when he was a kid, and I kind of grew up with that alongside like what was airing at the time so i had this really weird childhood where um i was really into armada and g1 at the same time that's very funny because that is also my experience because i this was around the time that also rhino was doing the dvd releases of the original g1 so i was watching armada and i also had the first season of g1 on dvd that i watched a lot Ardo, uh, Armada was both mine and Nero's like first Transformer series, mm-hmm. which is why we started with it when we started doing the podcast. Yeah, and I think I think I'm at my heart more of like a G oneer, mm-hmm. uh, as the kids say. Um, oh, absolutely. But but I do have a really soft spot for Armada in my heart. Um, when I, I I used to I used to always end up in hospitals when I was little. I had really bad asthma mm. and. Um, one time I ended up at a hospital for a while that had like a bunch of really old, weird transformer toys. And my parents told me, look, we'll take you to the store after you get out of the hospital and you can buy whatever toy you want. And I remember, I think they took me to Toys R Us. I think it was Toys R Us because I remember being nothing but toys. And you, we didn't have a lot of money, so we didn't usually do that. And I looked at every single toy in that toy store and I picked Armada Starscream. Yes, taste. Yeah, one of my favorite Transformer toys with one of the most lackluster arm appropriation in, in non-robot mode. Yes. <laughs> never... As a kid, I was like, I thought I was missing parts. I was like, why do the arms have nowhere to go? Like, did I lose something? No, <laughs> no that's, just, it's just how, it's, that's just how it it's, looks. It's just the uh, G1 uh, uh, theory of jet transformation. Sometimes you just have limbs that are yep. out. But I remember, I'm actually quite excited because I remember the episode where the first one we're going to talk about today was the episode of G1 that I remember 
being the most like into mm-hmm. like there were episodes of Transformers from you know that I enjoyed. This is the one where like you they had my attention. Right. Yeah. That makes sense because the, the, it did strike me. And yeah, I specifically asked you on for this one because in the background of your set, you have a lot of figures of two specific characters. One of them is Bumblebee and the other one is Jetfire. Um, yeah. And, and there's a whole, there's actually a whole other story to oh, that. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about that because for any discerning viewer, you may realize if you look what up what Jetfire's original toy looked like, uh... It looks fucking nothing like the guy in this show at all. Not even yeah. like a passing resemblance. The only resemblance, they turn into jets. It's literally <laughs> yeah. it. Like not even uh, that because Skyfire, Skyfire doesn't turn into a jet. He oh right, he turns into shuttle. a spaceship. So there's <laughs> no resemblance. Yeah, there's no resemblance at all. Then well, they turn into a flying vehicle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they can fly. That's it. But you know, all the Decepticons can. So they have wings. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> they are. As close to each other as a bat is to a parakeet. Yeah. So there's a little extra context here. Mm-hmm. I, I know I just ranted about my childhood for like five minutes, but um, the little bit of extra bit of context here is that uh, when my father was in his late teens, he was also obsessed with another contemporary 80s show, uh, which in America mm-hmm. uh, was known as Robotech. Yes, and, and so this was a big. Uh, this this was the reason that he, uh, that he specifically went out of his way to show me this episode is because I also watched Robotech when I was growing up, and he was one of like he was one of the like fandom historians of of Robotech at the time. Like he had he ran a fan group. He was heavily involved, and it's just a very interesting, weird story that that um that of course Robotech started off as three shows. Um, in Japan, um, Macross or Macross, Southern Cross, and Mospiada, I want to say it's pronounced, Mospiada or something like that. And then when it came to America, they all got combined, and the idea was we'll combine these three shows and then sell all the toys as our own toy line. But they lost out on the coolest toy because Transformers got it. Right? Yes. So, and- the original Jetfire toy is a Valkyrie from... Valkyrie. Macross, the VF1S Super Valkyrie. Or <laughs> the Ferrotech, which I kind of like more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's not it's not the anime fandom. No, yeah, name. it's that's the Robotech name. But the reason that Skyfire has no resemblance to Jetfire, the toy, is because this was one of the figures, and, and Hasbro did this frequently for the G1 toy line where they were just like licensed stuff from other toy lines over in Japan to just randomly import into mm-hmm. the into G1 because they did this with the Jetfire toy they did this with the Deluxe Insecticons who are another group of characters who fucking don't show up at all in any fiction because of this and Whirl and Roadbuster who also mm-hmm. rarely put in fi- fi- fictional appearances before the modern era and this one was created by Takatoku Toys um which is why they had to change Jetfire so heavily for the show into Skyfire because they did not have the TV license for that design. It's yeah, it was, specifically in Japan. I yes. understand because and, basically what I what I understand is they probably could have got away with it. they probably could have got away with using the Valkyrie design in America, 
but you know they were trying to play both sides mm-hmm. of it they were playing they were trying to create something that could be aired in Japan without legal troubles while also creating something that would advertise the sh- the toy outside of Japan yeah because of course the only reason to do anything as we've discussed in Transformers uh, from uh, Hasbro's perspective is to sell toys exactly <laughs> yes that is that is the key that you need to remember to all of this always and of course, the, one of the fun things about Jetfire's toy is that it, it looks so drastically different from anything else in the G1 toy line. For one, it was way more articulated, and for another, it, just, it was just fuck huge. It was gigantic. Yeah, it was big. Which is why Skyfire is so large in the show. Now, we no, pl- no. play around with scale a little bit in this show. There's mm-hmm. not really consistent <laughs> consistency in G1 in terms of size. It's not really a thing that exists. But... I was confused by scale while watching this <laughs> oh, episode. Yeah. They... yeah, it's not It's not exactly consistent. There aren't, like, you know, model sheets that were being followed <laughs> at any point well, here. It's a light yeah. suggestion. Right, but um, regardless of that, Skyfire like ranges anywhere from being about one and a half times Megatron size to just like a full shuttle that can carry the entire Autobot army. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think because of the weirdness with the toy and like, as you said, Quentin, his debut episode has a bit of a different feel to it. I think Jetfire became immediately very memorable. And of course, the other thing is that for the longest time, he was the only Autobot who can fly and who can turn into a plane. Oh yeah, and I always liked. I always kind of. It took me a while to look at this episode from like the perspective of the writers coming up with it, mm-hmm. where like I, you know, it wasn't until I was adult that I realized when they first kind of made the Transformers, the way they organized it, everyone who turned into a car was an Autobot because mm-hmm. automobiles. That's what it means, Autobot. And then everyone else was a bad guy. That's what they just—that de- was what they decided. Yeah, so much. if you look at like the the 1984 lineup, it's just like that's a cassette man, that's a cameraman. They're not an automobile, so they're not oh an Autobot, so they're a bad guy. And so then all the planes were bad guys because of that. And so the, yeah. their logic was like, well, if Jetfire is going to be a good guy because he has the Autobot sticker, then it should be in the plotline that he was originally a Decepticon because all the planes are Decepticons at that point, right? Yep. Um, and so they made him Starscream's ex. Very funny the, stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So we should go uh, ahead and get into... Is, yeah, so the first one is uh, Fire in the Sky, an episode I am so, so, so normal about. <laughs> um, <laughs> that. So, I, I mean, I've, I've talked about being in the Transformers fandom for a while. Um, this has, and like, Quentin, you probably don't, everyone who listens to the show knows this, but like, Starscream is far and away my favorite character in basically every continuity. I find him fascinating. Miserable yes. and fascinating. Um, <laughs> uh, so this episode is like particularly fascinating for Starscream because this this is a brand new bitch we're seeing. Mm-hmm. in this episode right. like he has like you could have their their characters aren't extremely consistent as we'll see in the next episode as well but compared to everything we know about starscream this this may as well be a different character yeah. <laughs> than the starscream who has shown up for the previous six episodes um yeah. and um it like 
through Skyfire, there is a ton of lore, which I mentioned, I've mentioned a little bit, but about him being a scientist and about sort of like what he was doing before the war happened, which is like not only insane stuff for Starscream, but also like wild that he's one of the only characters that gets this development, really. Yeah, this is yeah. kind of the first time that they look back this far into any character's backstory in the show. And they would do this later uh with with episodes like war dawn and and the search for alpha trion and stuff but like this is the first time we have any indication of of of, of a past before the war mm-hmm. yeah and i i just want to say real quick uh i from from last time i like binged the show i definitely got the impression that um every time they flash back to cybertron it's completely different oh yeah like, every time they flash back but like every time they're like this is how how the war started it's totally different yeah, pretty uh, much. You're gonna get like. There, I, there's definitely an episode that implies that like Starscream and Megatron being built is what started the war. Yes, there is an episode. So later we will see. Later in the season, we will see the Constructicons be built on Earth. In it's a later really- episode, we <laughs> see the Constructicons build Megatron on Cybertron. And then Listen. in a la- and then in another episode, the Constructicons used to be Autobots yep. before Megatron brainwashed them. Correct. All of these are true. <laughs> Listen, we talked about last time how there's just like a bunch of clones of Spike, probably all the Venture Brothers. It's same deal with the Constructicons. Just all yeah. It's never the place. same. It's all Hook, but never the same one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, so let's start start actually talking about Fire in the Sky because so, yeah, it, it is a hell of an episode. Hey, it's it's okay. the winter holiday episode. Everyone, it's snowing yeah. in July. Okay, so first of all, first of all, the Decepticons have apparently cured global warming. Like, That's right. They whole, figured it out. This whole episode, they were they were like, we must stop. The Autobots were like, we must stop the Decepticons from cooling the Earth's temperature. And I was like, are you sure? Yeah, maybe Megatron sure? was right on this one. To be fair, it's snowing in July in the desert is probably also an effect of global in the, warming. In the, in the Oregonian desert. we can desert. find a balance. We can find a healthy balance. Yeah, I think no, we just it's... put someone sensible in charge of the big glowing green core crystal that the Earth has no, lots of. Listen, listen, your your stance on climate policy has to be, there is no middle slider. You have to go to one end or the other. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing by Monster Factory rules here. Here we go. <laughs> so yeah, it's, we start with the fucking snow, just frolicking in the snow with Spike and the boys. Um, the first thing that happens is that, <laughs> before, before the frolicking happens, is that Spike literally is like walking outside and he sees this huge snow like autobot sized <laughs> like figure covered in snow and he's like wow that's the world's biggest snowman and jazz like shakes it off and he's like haha i got you spike which first of all bad prank and second of all how long were you waiting there yeah how is like did <laughs> like, he all right there are two options one of them is that he had someone else cover him in snow as a prank the second option is that he just stood there and let himself get snowed in I also like the idea of just Spike just walking to the secret Autobot base in the middle of the freezing winter, just on foot, just like making his way there. <laughs> There's no secret anything in G one. Yeah, they, they <laughs> say they say, they keep saying robots in disguise. It's everyone knows these fucking guys are around. Yeah, They're like they local celebrities. <laughs> they have they wanted posters of of Megatron. <laughs> 
Yeah, they gave up that ghost in the first episode. <laughs> Which is amazing. So yeah. It, well, they put on lab coats. They were trying. <laughs> that was to fool the Decepticons, who then fooled them back in a double big brain supercross maneuver by making a bunch of Decepticon clones out of junk. What a beautiful anyway, show. Anyway, so, so it turns out that the Decepticons, in their constant fight to get energy, have... I can't even remember. They go to the Earth's core and they start emptying out all of the heat from the yes. Earth's cores. Yeah, they're like... creating the imminent heat death of the Earth. So, and... like, th- this episode has a lot of interesting ideas about both geology and how climate works. Because... Oh, yeah. So, like, as soon as the Autobots figure out that's what the Decepticons doing, they transform to car mode. Yes, and drive and to the Arctic must... Circle. Yes. <laughs> we must drive to very... the Arctic Circle. I want to be very clear about it, though, that Optimus is the only one who's concerned about this. Yeah, everyone's having like... a great time. The... By <laughs> Everyone... the way, Spike definitely died in that big fucking Autobot Katamari, right? Like, he was oh, all yeah, the center I was of like, that. He's dead. I have he's my dead. notice, snowball accident, four dead, 14 injured. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> So, Um, yeah, so here's what's going on. So everyone, of course, I don't have to tell anyone listening to this about the gigantic green glowing crystals that connect directly to the Earth's core. We all know about that. We learned about it in elementary school. (laughs) This is a fucking good place, boys. We've all seen the giant crystal of power. And we also know that if you slurp all the energy out of it, the Earth gets cold. <laughs> no, I have. We have to be like. I want to be like. I want to clarify about how cold this is and how fucked up it is that no one else is concerned about it. It's... Because it goes to Optimus and he's looking at it, and it's and Teltran One is like, yeah, it's dropped forty degrees. The entire 40 planet, fucking degrees everywhere. Forty That's degrees, so fucked up. Yeah, everyone. It's just like yeah, fucking Bumblebee's having a snowball fight. And he's like, ah, this seems bad. And so, yeah, yeah. It, it, I love Gears going like, I bet, I bet it's those Decepticons. They're probably behind it. Like, yeah, man, it's who else would it be? And what, what are you talking about? <laughs> sure, sure enough, we cut over to Decepticons, and here's one of our first glimpses at Starscream in this episode, who they are really building up in this episode in particular mm-hmm. for his science background. You know, he so. He's making observations about their heat suck machine, and like Megatron's nodding as if he understands any of it, and it's just like like Starscream is so quiet and subdued here. Yes, this is, he's he's t- he he hardly ever screeches in this episode. That's amazing. No. Chris, I yeah. mean, I, I talked about him being a brand new bitch, but Chris Lotta literally doesn't even sound like himself in this episode. Yeah. It's outstanding. So, one thing I like is that for some fucking reason, they put Skywarp, the dumbest man alive, in charge of construction. <laughs> he's supervising Rumble, who, may I remind you all, is also not very bright, because he's 12. <laughs> <laughs> so, obviously, an accident occurs, um, because, of course, uh, while, they're, while they're executing this huge fucking green crystal, they find a, they find a fucking caveman in the ice except it's not a caveman it's a big it's a big a big lad immediately like so yeah starscream comes down to check on him because he still can't help being a bitch and um 
he's uh, like after hearing their stupid accident and he's like what's going down on here i and like the expression on his face is just like shocked pikachu it is (laughs) um and he's like everyone hold up that's my ex (laughs) we gotta get him out of i love that when they first they first notice uh skyfire is in the ice there's this, sh- there's this jagged piece of metal that's sticking out that is not any particular part of Skyfire. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it just... has no corresponding part of his body. W- what I is believe, that? I believe it's supposed to be his wingtip. Except, oh, okay. ha- except he doesn't have those kind of wingtips. I'm so aware. I'm aware. No, I'm aware of that. That's I'm just gone. saying what I believe and it's it- supposed to be. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't have any evidence to back this up. They've got him fucking in in the in the uh, in the infirmary. They've got a hair dryer on him. They're thawing him out. And uh, Starscream, in, in particular, is very much like we gotta we gotta save this guy. We gotta get him back online. And Megatron's like, "Why the fuck do you care so much? Who is this dude?" And Starscream's like, "I care because I used to know him." And Megatron's like, "What do you mean, no? Like biblically?" Like, what the fuck are you getting at here? <laughs> I forgot to say, actually, I didn't, Megatron doesn't ask like that. What he says is, Starscream, do you have some familiarity with this creature? <laughs> That's just a dune, Megatron. What are you the, talking the, about? Here's what's really fascinating. Okay, this the relationship between Starscream and Skyfire is extremely messy and very funny for it. Yes. Um, The relationship between Skyfire and Megatron is baffling because megatron takes skyfire's very existence as a personal affront he doesn't do this with any of the other autobots except for optimus yeah it's personal he fucking hates he, him so much he fucking yeah. hates skyfire and then he and knows then... skyfire by name he picks him out he like targets him specifically it's really funny that's good so we um yeah, Star Star. Well, helpfully, there's a little screen on Skyfire's forehead that yep. plays this flashback for us as Starscream talks. Um, and he explains, well, he's Skyfire. You know, I was a scientist before the war. Not that you ever fucking ass Megatron. Um, <laughs> and Skyfire and I were were you know fucking buddies, friends, pals, however marshmallow mateys, however you want to say it. Yeah. And we went on this fucking ex- expedition to this unmarked planet we later learned is this one, Earth, and we got separated in a storm and he went down and I couldn't find him. Don't ask why I was in my Earth jet form for this flashback. Don't worry about it. Apparently, I, I read the script. Was It specifically said Tetrajet. Oh my god. And then god. Like, the animators were like, what is that? <laughs> Like, Do we, we know, don't know her? We've already forgotten about those. No, um, sure, surely they just made a fucking typo. Just put them in normally. A specific line that I think is important here because it really sort of highlights Starscream and Skyfire's relationship is uh, he finishes by saying, I searched half the globe for him. That's oh, right. yeah, yeah. Which is something Starscream in his present iteration would not do for probably fucking anyone. No. Yeah, exactly. As a kid, I always thought it was so fascinating. So what you know, Skyfire gets woken up. He, he's, Megatron sells some pitch, right? Megatron's <laughs> like, we, we, we're, we're gathering energy to put Cybertron back in its glory days. You know, bring Cybertron back to life, and the Autobots are our enemies now. And Skyfire's like, 
all right, sounds like we're the good guys. And then the whole time, Megatron keeps just saying evil stuff. Yes. <laughs> and he's, he's like, we will dominate and destroy the entire universe and stuff like that. And Skyfire's so- like, sounds good, man. Sounds like a righteous cause to me. So- sounds It'll be a like- shock if it turns out you're evil. There, there's like one moment where, where um, <laughs> Megatron says like, "and conquer the universe," and Skyfire's like, "conquer." That, that's <laughs> weird. <laughs> but then Megatron keeps talking, and he immediately drops it. So I'm be, need some to be time fair, he just woke up this. from like a fucking thousand four million bazillion year ice. Okay, nap. so that's yeah. the thing. As a kid, the reason this episode always really fascinated me, I guess, on a character level. Is because it really implied, it implied that Starscream used to be a normal guy, <laughs> and, and now I thought about that while I was watching it. It still really stood out to me because, like, <laughs> imagine if you were like hanging out with your friend and going somewhere, and then like, and then like, you like hit your head and you know fuzziness, and then you wake up and he's there with a bunch of other guys, and you're like, hey, what? What happened? And then Stas, your old friend, is like, it's been three million years, or however long it's been. And then he's like, there's a civil war now. You must help me become the leader. And you're like, what are you talking about? Bro, what the fuck? Your friend just got completely nuts while you were asleep. Bro, we went to Robo Hooters like two weeks ago. What the fuck are you talking about a civil war? I am leader. I am leader. I think I think it's pretty heavily implied in this episode, and certainly in in other um other series and in, in uh, other other Transformers media, um that Scar- Starscream was always a bit of a cunt, but mm-hmm. <laughs> um that his ambition here. There's a line later on where you know basically Skyfire asks him if this really makes him happy. Um, and Starscream's like, hell yeah, it does, this rules. And it's just, like, a sort of a thing of ambition getting in the way of being normal. Yep. I will say, though, it's also very funny. I just, I was replaying uh, War for Cybertron the other mm-hmm. week. And mm-hmm. the first, the first levels, the one where, like, Starscream and Skyfire are both, uh, guarding the dark energon that megatron has come to steal and at the end of it he's like yo you want to like live forever <laughs> and Starscream's like hell yeah let's go and skyfire just looks at him so betrayed <laughs> there's God. just like he's like what is wrong with you and, and starscream's like i want to live forever <laughs> is that complicated go, look i i see no downside to making a deal with the devil jetfire i don't know what you're talking about yeah so don't- one other thing I love is that, like, obviously when Skyfire wakes up, he recognizes Starscream first. And he's like, yes, it's me, Skyfire. And then immediately Megatron just shoves him out of the way to make his fucking sales pitch. It's very funny. So the Autobots begin to arrive. They The, the Decepticons have put Skyfire on guard duty, and he has a Decepticon symbol now. He, he still seems, this is where, like, the are you really happy, are you happier being a warrior than you were as a scientist line is. And he's just like, he's like a big old lost puppy, or he doesn't know what the fuck is going on right now. Yeah. He's my and, special you know, boy. <laughs> we talk about animation errors, but it's so rarely you get an episode where it's actually, it feels like a rarity when they don't mess it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, like, every single shot in this episode, except for, like, three shots, the Decepticon logo is colored in red. Yep. On on Skyfire. <laughs> uh-huh. they, only in close-ups is it correct. Everything else is like, oh, it's, it's an Autobot, right? Probably. I don't know. Introducing <laughs> the new faction's Autocons. Oh, my God. 
So, yeah, the Autolots show up. Who have brought... I don't know why they brought Spike and Sparkplug to this. I don't know why they take these motherfuckers anywhere. They always just get kidnapped. Um, and Skyfire starts shooting at him. Oh, also, yeah, Starscream's like, I'm gonna be leader one day, and you'll be my second in command, and we'll be fucking friends forever, alright? So just don't fuck it up. Don't have a ideological crisis, uh, upon being confronted with the, 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 uh, the ugly truth about the Decepticons, yeah. The monster I've become in the last four million years, don't worry about it. So, he, he's, he's pretty fucking... He's handing these the Autobots their asses, but then he notices, like, ah, oh, there's some funny little humans over there, and they're in peril. I better go save them. I think it's a, an important thing to note here, actually, that um, Starscream and Skyfire weren't just, like, general scientists. They were specifically xenobiologists. Yes. So their entire point was to go to new planets, including Earth, and to document the native species <clears throat> there. So Skyfire upon... It, encountering the native species goes into his field of study. Yep, snaps right back into it, and, he, and, and like starts starts poking him. Yeah, I love that. Like this fucking ginormous robot, who they have no reason to believe is anything other than a Decepticon, just like looms over them and reaches out his huge hand, and they're like screaming their heads off. And Jetfire, Skyfire is like, "Why are you so scared?" Yeah, and it's funny because it, when you get to the scene, you know. The, the weird pop culture a- avalanche of of so many things really comes back to you because the, the the visual of Skyfire picking up the humans is just kind of a surreal thing because that is a visual that is constantly in um, Across, the original anime oh from 1982. Constantly in that show, the robot Mecha, the Valkyries, are just picking up humans left and right. Oh my god. Like, like it doesn't matter. And so, and then, and there's the, that it gets weirder because there is one, this is the one part of the episode where the animators accidentally animate Skyfire with his toy gun. Right. If you look at his gun in that scene, it is absolutely the gun from Macross. It is not the gun from the rest of the episode. They just, <laughs> which is weird because I, d- I didn't realize that the character, that the designs even got far enough along that the animators could have made that mistake, but it's very yeah, obvious. I wonder what happens there. if there are animation models using the Valkyrie design for for Jetfire. Well, there are because there was an early toy commercial that used that design that Ooh. aired in. Well, well, you, you know. see, you guys, this is specifically uh, Skyfire's Decepticon model. Uh, that's his Decepticon <laughs> gun. Yeah. He stops yeah, using yeah. it after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so yeah, I love literally like during the scene, he's like, "I'm a healer," but yeah, so it's so funny because like Sp- Spike and Sparkle are just like, "Oh God, please don't kill us!" And Skyfire is like, "Oh, well, that's weird. I don't know why you're so afraid of that." Here, I'm gonna take you to my my friend and boss Megatron. He'll sort all this out. <laughs> well, for, so for... so it's like it's like a it's like oh, you're a Decepticon. They're evil, just like Megatron. Megatron. No, no, that guy's that guy's cool. I, I met him. He was really nice. Yeah, I'm gonna take you to him, and then they just look horrified as he starts yeah, walking he's away. Like, you gotta I'm meet gonna... my boss, man. He, he'll he'll get you sold on the whole thing. Yeah, once you speak to him, I'm sure you'll see how chill everyone is. <laughs> this scene coming up with them also is pretty wacky on scale. Yes. This oh, is yeah, one of the cause... wackiest scale moments. So the humans get brought to the Decepticon cave. And they're in there with the Decepticons, and Skyfire can't come in 
because his (laughs) his head and his chest are the size of the entrance to the cave. Yeah, Megatron, Megatron and Starscream are standing upright, fully standing, and Skyfire can't get his shoulders in. He, he can barely reach his fucking arm, and yeah, and and of course Megatron is just like, ah, Skyfire, you caught the two squishies, good job. And he's like, what? Wait. I assured them no harm would come to them, and Starscream just goes, well, you didn't have the authority to promise that, you shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> fucking moron, how dare you? <laughs> Like he fucking reaches in to try and try and help the humans, and Starscream just shoots his hand. Yeah. <laughs> what happened to you, man? You used to be cool. I like to think that Skyfire's so big that Starscream's null rays just don't work on him. <laughs> well, in the next episode, we see like... that's not the case. Well, I mean, they hit him, but they don't paralyze him. That's true. And so, yeah. Oh wait, no, sort of. They do, don't they? They sort of do. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think he just got knocked out, but then, anyway. <laughs> then Starscream imprisons the humans in the most insane way ever. <laughs> he he shoots the ceiling to melt and refreeze some ice into prison bars. Yeah. What by, can't the null rays do? By now, you surely have like human-sized fucking pet carriers to put these guys in. Like you, how many times have you taken these fucking humans hostage, you guys? Come on, you gotta get the proper equipment here. Just store them in Soundwave's chests. But it's so easy to forget stuff like that when you go on such a casual road trip to the Arctic Circle. That's true. Which, which, that, I which, remind, which I'll remind you is apparently about a ten-minute drive. Yeah, it's, from it's like a day Mount trip. Hillary. <laughs> It's a fucking day trip for the Autobots. Speaking of, the Autobots, they couldn't shoot a jet fire because they didn't want to hit the humans. So they're trying to sneak in to the tunnels that the Decepticons have dug here. And they get split up because there's a cave-in that cuts the group in half. Okay, first of all, oh, I have a note here that must have been during the fight with Skyfire, actually. um, Because I can't remember where else it would be. That's Yowie Hands Hound. Yes, yes, there was a bit, there was a crazy bit of perspective on Hound. We had gigantic yeah. hands. We had Yowie Hands Wheeljack last week, but we had yes. we get Yowie Hands Hound this week. Um, so they're driving in, and I don't even know who says it, but someone says this feel it feels like we might be falling into it's, a trap, and then they ge- immediately fall yeah, into the trap. It's Gears who it's stops Gears. directly in front of the doorway to the fucking tunnel, and and someone's like, "Hey, Gears, get out of the fucking way! What's going on?" He's like, "I think we might be driving into a trap," and then the floor collapses, <laughs> which. I don't know if that was even a trap. I think maybe the weight of fucking four cars idling on an ice sheet might have just done it in. I don't know, Geese. Yeah. Because it doesn't seem like they had a trap laid. That is definitely higher thinking than anyone in the Decepticons is capable of, uh, of doing at this point. So it's like we, we have, we have two, we, we split the party. I didn't write down everyone who was in each group, but I, but Prime, Prime has, like cliff jumper jazz may or may not be there i can never remember but uh the other one has like gears hound which is important uh ratchet and ironhide so we have both of the vans hanging out together um and prime and the group and his gang are looking for the humans while the other group is trying to figure out what's going on with these crystals and they do they just walk in (laughs) they just walk into the fucking crystal draining chamber Listen, we've stated before, there are only the, the Decepticons are greatly outnumbered. 
at uh, at this point in the series. Yeah, because every time there's a car robot, they join the Autobots. Yep. Because it's contractually <laughs> obligated. It's like fucking, I think I kind of said it somewhere, there's like 12 Wave 1 Autobots, and there's like six Wave 1 Decepticons if you don't count the fucking mini cassettes that come with Soundwave. <laughs> Who like each yeah. count like a half, so like it's they I have mean, to be sold as separate models. Yeah, that's my rule. So yeah, like Megatron just fucking turns around and sees the Autobots standing there, and he's like, "Oh, get those guys! What are they doing?" Yeah, this is funny. Like uh, the Starscream's like, "Yeah, we're almost done, and we can go back to Cybertron soon." And Megatron's like, "Yeah, unless we're careless." asshole <laughs> and like immediately looks up at them and goes shoot them please so they get captured and then uh soundwave sends ravage out to look for other autobots who at this point have freed the humans because there was no one watching the humans just completely empty chamber not even put sky what's skywarp doing put him in there he's not busy i'm, I'm severely understaffed He's fucking, like, I understand you only have, like, seven dudes, Megatron, at at the most, depending on how many reflectors are there, but, like, come on. Put a guy in there. <laughs> so, Cliffjumper continues his losing streak uh, by just getting completely rocked by Ravage. It's, it's like... At least, at least he got taken down by someone his own size this time. That's true. He didn't try to punch Megatron in the dick and instantly just get, like, backhanded through a wall. He's just not, he just doesn't have a very good track record, does he? It's just, it's only now occurring to me that it shouldn't make sense in scale for for Ravage and, and Cliff Jumper to be the same Look, size. the mini-bots are a whole other fucking problem with scale. I don't know why they're so small. Don't worry about it. The mini-bots, like, go between being a four-door sedan and a hot wheel. Yeah, like they're huge. They're like roughly human size. Like Bumblebee isn't that much bigger than Spike. I don't know how they're so fucking small. They're they're larger than h- human size, but yeah. yeah. Well, I well sometimes they they'll go to like the jungle and they'll fight like their equivalent animal and be the same size as their equivalent animal. It's weird. So scale you know, means nothing. Scale means nothing. <laughs> so in the next scene. Uh, the Autobots are lined up against the wall and are about to be executed. Wow, there there's a lot that goes on in this scene. There oh is. <laughs> there's so this scene is insane. So that goes on in this scene. So Starscream's like, okay, Skyfire, kill them. And Skyfire's like, I don't want to. And Starscream has this line about his loyalty coefficient yes being insufficient <laughs> your loyal your loyalty coefficient must have stagnated while you were in the ice like what and like you can see him gearing up for like a a star screen like type rant but then he's like but you know what your pussy game ridiculous so i'll let it go this time yeah but seriously, kill them. <laughs> he, like he literally, Skyfire literally says, "I'm a scientist, not an executioner." They're gonna kill these dudes. Shoot him in the head. And Ugh. yeah, what happens? What happens here is well, <laughs> Some a, a lot happens. A lot happens here, but Starscream and starts actually getting serious, um, and it's. A weirdly emotional, like, moment for Starscream, which we see again more later in the episode, but, like, 
he's probably being betrayed right now in his mind yes. by the only person who probably ever actually gave a sh- shit about him in any meaningful way. Damn. Um, so not a great feeling and he doesn't handle it particularly well. No, he screams traitor at the top of his lungs and starts to shoot him. Yeah. Epic. Which <laughs> accidentally hits the crystal that the Autobots are leaning up against, which explodes. And then you see a bunch of, like, disembodied Autobot parts strewn across the snow. And basically, it starts to like, yay, that ruled. Oh, also, Skyfire's dead as well. Uh, don't worry about oh, it. Oh, yeah, he got um, shot. He got shot. Yeah. We, remember how we said the nail, null rays didn't really work on him? Well. Well. He gets shot again, once I think and he falls just... over. <laughs> um, but Star Stream's like, all right, rip and rest, you you Autobot tarts? Does That's he call the them? T- does he call them tarts? I That's believe amazing. he calls them tarts. Rest of the ACC, you, you Autobot tarts. Are you a fucking flapper from the 1920s, Starscream? What are you talking about? That's beautiful. Yeah, I was a little speechless on that one. But don't worry, it was it was all a dream, <laughs> or rather. It was all a hologram. It was all a mirage. Because Hound was there. And whenever Hound's around, you can't trust anything. Wait, oh, right. It was Hound. Yeah, shit. Mirage I, is not here. Invisible. Yeah. There are mirage too many invisible. there are too many guys with fucking hologram abilities on the Autobots. We've talked about this before. Call them gems, because they got the holograms. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. yeah. Skyfire wakes up like, oh, you guys, I thought you died. And it's like, nope, we're fine. Well, yeah, Hound, Hound has like the saddest voice here because he's like looking at Skyfire, who's definitely not okay. <laughs> like everyone else is okay, but he's looking at Skyfire and he's like, yeah, bud, we're functioning. You, yeah, on the other hand. Us. Yeah, we're- you got fucked up, my man. It's good on this side of things. And so Ratchet opens up a fucking triage on him as uh, the rest of the Autobots finally fucking show up. But we don't have time for all this because we go now to the greatest scene in G1. Yes. <laughs> so as all of the Autobots surround Skyfire's dying body after getting shot once by Starscream, um, we cut down to the... I'm probably just gonna splice in the audio for this because it's so fucking good. We cut down to the crystal chamber where we just see Megatron admiring a uni- uh, like an Energon cube as you do. Then his chest starts beeping and he just <laughs> hucks the cube at Starscream, which makes a cartoon bonk noise and just goes, "You disgust me." <laughs> There's no context for this. No. There's and, no- and even Starscream. Don't give us nothing. Starscream was literally standing there. And he looks so fucking like shocked when he just turns yeah, he to look at him. Yeah, he's fully affronted. It's like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and I, Nero, I know you're gonna put it in, but the bonk is basically the Shiba, <laughs> Shiba Inu bonk meme. It is just bonk, <laughs> like. It's just, but this is their fucking like dynamic in G one perfectly distilled into like three seconds. All you would need is for Megatron to slip on a banana peel and then Starscream to declare himself leader. Then that that would be it. That would be perfect. 
So, yeah, but it's like, you disgust me. How dare you let those Autobots live? And he's like, well, okay, well, it looked like I blew him up. Wait a minute, Hound was there. Shit. <laughs> I hate that guy and his fucking holograms. How how often at this point has that come up? So fucking often. Because it just it really stood out to me that he immediately figured out what they did. Like, it wasn't, there was no second guessing. It was like, oh, it was the holograms. Damn it. It's, it's not a fucking hand. It's Hound's, like, one thing. It's the only thing he does. Hound is so funny about it, too, because, <laughs> like, like even the Autobots, like, he does it in a- He's fucking around with Mirage in an earlier episode when he, they're both supposed to go on a covert ops mission, and Optimus is like, where were you guys? Yeah. And, <laughs> and Hound is like, I was hanging out with me and me, and he has, like, two body doubles on either side, and Optimus <laughs> just- with, like, the most resignation in his voice goes, fine. <laughs> Great. Cool. I love, I love your shtick so much, Hound. So, it's time for Incredible a big... Incredible work from Peter Cullen. It's time for a big fight. And the Seekers immediately... St- they start bombing the Autobots. Yeah. They... Listen, when the Seekers... When the Elite try and get their shit together, they're pretty nasty to deal with. I don't mean, like, making straight fragments. I mean, they are dropping physical bombs on the Autobots. It's wild. I don't have have a ton of notes for this scene, but by far the funniest part of it is Reflector. Yeah, so Um, there's there's some... I have some notes here because there's... Okay, let me me talk about Reflector really quick. He's going to come in and... Because I know exactly what Reflector moment you're talking about. But there's a few things before that. Because one of the things I love about season one in particular of G1, because obviously every episode of G1 is just sort of an unhinged, like, coke nightmare. But at this point... They still hadn't really figured out what these guys can do. And so what you have is Megatron, like, vaulting over Optimus's shoulders and then rotating his waist to land on his feet properly and then doing a spin attack with the rest of his body. <clears throat> what? He can't do that. <laughs> Just like the, Optimus the can't question. spin his wrist like a helicopter. <laughs> the better question about then what can these guys do in G1 season one is what can't they do? Nothing. Sky's the limit. Imagination's the only barrier, baby. They can do whatever they need to do. Yeah, and like there's other bits too here. Like Optimus Wheeljack. takes out. Optimus Wheeljack takes out Thunder when it's Cur- funny. Yes. Wheel Optimus takes out Thundercracker and Skywarp with like a gun drone that we never see again. <laughs> what is that's this roller? Thing? That's, that, it's roller that's with roller. a Glock. It's roller with the fuck. He's he's fucking strapped. He's got the he's got the he's got the hands. <laughs> is that whenever roller? I watch these old, he has. <laughs> sorry, was that? Whenever I watch these old episodes, sometimes I like to like pause the video and try and figure out if there's been like a masterpiece release of any like stupid thing they do. You know? Right. Because every yeah, episode, yeah. there's there's something new. Like he'll be like he rips off a shard of crystal and uses it like it's a sword. I'm sure so one of wanna, the like, five bajillion masterpiece <laughs> Optimuses have that fucking crystal shard somewhere in there. Is yeah. that ro- is that roller? He has a gun. Blam, blam. Bang, bang. Yeah, then he kills two of the members of the elite trying with like one shot because they crash into each other like a bunch of fucking idiots. Um, it was pretty funny. Then, is this where, yes, is this then where, yeah, this is where Reflector finally, comes in. Yeah, because so, finally Skyfire gets up and like literally throws Megatron off screen. He just yeets him into orbit. 
And Reflector's attacking. Who is it even? Ironhide? No, it's uh, it's Skyfire. Um, because oh, right. what happens he goes against Skyfire. All so three Reflector, of them. remember, remember that Reflector is three kids in a trench coat, right? Yes, they but to... they take that they take that to a new, more literal level here <laughs> by by pyramiding on each other like he cheerleaders did, and a, charging at them. He does at a, Skyfire to pyramid. It does nothing. It literally does nothing. He just swats them away. Yeah, there's a knocks them. Over, like, solo cups. For one second, there is a human pyramid attack done by Reflector. (laughs) What? What was that? What were they hoping to accomplish? It's like, well, this guy's big, so we have to be just as big. That way we'll Lambo Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. (laughs) Yeah, God. Yeah, get the Reflectors in there to their human pyramid. Get some, like, Jet Judo shows. We're We're getting a whole circus up in here. Um, and then Skyfire, Portland. <laughs> and then Skyfire and Starstream get into a fucking jet joust. Yeah. So just based on pure mass, which is yeah. how jousting happens. Uh huh. <laughs> who do you think comes up on top of this one? <laughs> Give you a hint. It's not Starscream who f- f- crashes directly into the tunnel. Um, however. <laughs> This is one of the funniest endings in any because like obviously in the oh it's it's fucking melancholy yeah. it's crazy and it's because like Jetfire like Skyfire crashes but he manages to like collapse the tunnel and bury the crystal which fixes everything I guess um, but then he also gets buried under the snow and then like everyone's like oh my god no Skyfire and he like, died the way he lived front frozen under yeah. four tons of ice optimus prime fucking eulogizes him like there's this gl- beautiful glowing glyph on the ice and he's like kneeling against it. he's like we'll never forget you skyfire as long as as and long as freedom exists you'll live forever and and in human context it's like two feet of snow yeah like okay literally now now of course we must remember that in airing order, which we're not watching, uh, the, the the gap, there was a gap between this episode and the next one where they literally just go and dig him up like it's nothing. It I'm was one go, episode. I'm going to go say watch it in this order because it's way funny. It's so funny. But it was literally one episode in between these two in air order. So it's really not that much different. So let's see. Yeah, let's go ahead and move on. Yeah, it's like, because uh, like, I well, I do want to say it, that ending, I think... Is one of the things that if you just watch, like if this is an episode you caught, like on a rerun or an, on on a tape, you'd watch this and go like, "Wow, that was," because it's it is a kind of a melancholy ending. It's like almost a fucking Iron Giant esque ending, right? Of, of of heroic sacrifice. And then in the then they're like, "Ah, all right, we got the big shovel. Let's do this." <laughs> yeah, like, yo, yo, sidespread, go get your fucking jackhammer. Let's dig this dude up. <laughs> Okay, so uh, I'm, I think I messed up, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I think I watched this, the wrong second episode. Oh, dear. Did you watch? Uh, what did you watch? I watched... I Right before we did this, I, I'll be honest, I, I just pulled up the original email and I watched the episodes were, that were written down, but I just remembered I thought we changed Yeah, we changed it. So I think you watched Heavy Metal War. Yes, I did watch, and now I'm pissed off because that episode is so bad. That is that, watched... that episode is amazing. That is the debut of Devastator. But you know, we can talk through Fire on the Mountain. It's not, you know, it's I I remember Fire on the Mountain even before watching this. It's got. Or we it, could just, we also could just call it at. Um, de- depends one on what episode. you want. Yeah, that's true. It depends on what you want to do, Quentin. I can slide. Well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll open it in another tab. There you go. And then when you guys describe it to me, I'll try and because I do. I watched this one as a kid. I know, 
I okay. think they weren't this is the one where, next yeah. to each other this is, on the Yeah, tape, this is the but... ancient aliens Aztec one. Yes. <laughs> or Inca one. Yes, this okay. is the one where they go to Peru. Um, and they don't... I was looking so forward to finding out about the... The episode I did watch with the chips or whatever, I was yeah. that, that that melted my mind, and now I'm sure there's a whole other podcast about it that I don't want to be redundant. It will be in the future. We haven't covered that one quite yet. So, all right, be sure to look that up on TF Wiki because the whole time I was just like, I was like, you can just take the powers out of, you can just take that out and give it someone else. Like, is that on TF Wiki? Is that in the IDW comics? Is... Everyone love that continuity? <laughs> oh, right. I forgot. Yeah, that's the episode where they just steal everyone's powers and give them to Megatron. He's big and strong. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. We'll go ahead and move on to Fire on the Mountain, which is the direct follow-up to this episode, where, as we said, they literally just dig him back up. Um, but first, we see Brawn and Trailbreaker chasing starscream and thundercurrent i love trail i think it's trailbreaker goes like say those jets look kind of familiar like yeah man do you think yeah how many uh how many fucking baby blue yeah how many baby blue f-15s do you regularly see my man well there must be at least one other one in the world (laughs) so starscream and thundercracker are here to menace the working class of america by uh doing a steel heist there's some, um, so to start off with, um, this is easily the wackiest G- season one plot. Yes. Wow. It is, it is not the wackiest plot of G1 by a long shot, it given is... what we get in season two. But this is like a tasty little aperitif mm-hmm. of what we get in season two in terms of, are you joking? So um, are you serious or <laughs> one thing I like is that you don't know what the Zivicon's plan is from the jump because you see Starscream and Thundercracker and Thundercracker says something like, Are you I don't think Earth made steel is gonna be strong enough and Starscream tells him to shut up. But you don't really know what they're doing yet. <laughs> Remember, Starscream's jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Exactly. Um so they they managed to escape with the steel because Braun is Strong but small, and I, a trailbreaker just seems entirely useless unless it involves force fields. Starscream also, on the way out, takes the entire steel factory out. Yes, he with um, his with boob the missiles. Worst, w- yeah, with his boot missiles, and one of the worst lines. <laughs> That's uh, what I call bringing down the house. <laughs> yeah, not a winner, Starscream. I'm sorry. Oh uh, yeah, this is the first appearance of his boob missiles. They show up a few more times, and yes, indeed, they are on his masterpiece toy. You know it. And yes, he shoots missiles. So th- then we actually do see what the Decepticons are up to. Uh, they're in Peru because there is an ancient Inca pyramid that is apparently built directly on top of a shaft leading directly to the core of the Earth. Which, Which also contains like... <laughs> a giant green crystal. Uh, um, the crystal of power, or as yes. I put down, the whomst of what? The fucking uh, crystal of power. Um, Soundwave confirms this, by the way. Uh, Robot-sized uh, staircase. Yep. <laughs> I, I just... If, if, if there's so much more of G1 than I remember is about glowing green crystal because they keep coming up. It's not just it's not just this episode. I remember a season three episode about about glowing green crystals. They can't stop. 
Um, I mean, to be fair, back then and even now, it was shorthand for um, radiation. So, you know, if we're talking about energy for Energon, then that would be something that would probably click immediately with even younger viewers back in the 80s, but still. So they break into the fucking Inca pyramid and and grab the crystal, which causes a gigantic gout of pure magma to shoot into the ceiling. That's fine. Um, And I love the Autobots going like, well, the Septagons are up to something, but I don't really know what. I guess we should just launch the Sky Spy and uh, figure it out. The animation is so much better in this one. <laughs> it really it's so is so important to your so basic sorry, ability but... to like it look look past the nonsense. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Look past right. every time they miscolor the seekers, which is frequently, constantly, and Skyfire. <laughs> Sky Sky, my new favorite character. So um, yeah, they. This they've... also has devastating effects on the local Peruvians. Yes. Um, There's fucking earthquakes uh, and shit, and everyone's like, "Oh who... my god." who have pretty special accents in this one some of yeah i mean i guess i'm glad that they didn't go full cartoon some of them just sounded like i don't know what i can't describe what they sounded like yeah like they don't they didn't like you could not this, this accent they is no like, earthly accent I, I got it i've got it they sound like cdi characters they sound like zelda cdi characters that's what and they also that's look what their like voice, them yes um, and we've got this main girl who's never actually named in the episode. But no, she is not. In the script. Her car is. Yes. Her car is, but Excuse she is me, not. Excuse me, it's her brother's car. Um, which Christ. Bumblebee is going to fuck. That scene in this episode. This, she's like, hey, Bumblebee, I've got a hot convertible for you to fuck. Girl, that is a like a war crime. That is and, a sex crime. It is not sentient. But Bumblebee's like, oh boy, ah shucks, let's, let's get over there. I know. Tail, let me tell you what, the G1 tailgate, the fucking, like, because pro, his profile was all like, ah, he thinks all machines are sentient and beautiful. He would not be happy about this. Um, if she revs, she's a thought. <laughs> so, but yeah, this lady's name is Louisa in the uh, the script. She's never named the episode. She's got great earrings. That's mainly what she's about. And yeah. Yeah, she's serving. And I love that, yeah, so fucking megatron goes hey starstream fucking stupid idiot your shitty weapon frame better not suck shit he's like fuck you megatron it'll work just fine i would never design anything bad i'm a scientist Uh, specifically like (laughs) this is like one of those um unusual insult or rare insult twitter <laughs> like, yes. experiencing because specifically what megatron says is let's hope the frame that you and thundercracker created is stronger than your conviction in battle <laughs> and starscream is like fuck you for calling me weak and fuck you for calling this frame weak it'll i'm i'm assigning it as gay right now because it's serving fall off your it'll horse serve. He said he literally says it'll serve, and I was like, "Yes, Damn. yes, Queen." But yeah, uh, it, he shoots the sky spy, and it immediately melts. <laughs> so, you know, not the best. Uh, and the, you know, Megatron just turns on and goes, "Oh, it'll serve, huh? You, your your steel sucks." And instantly, Starscream's like, "Ah, oh, it was Thundercracker's idea." <laughs> well he's like he it wasn't thundercracker's idea but he was like thundercracker's the one that actually made it he made it sucky he, yeah he's like, he got all the shitty steel and he built it and he built it bad and right. thundercracker's like bro what the fuck 
Well, and he's like, no, he's like, you're lying. (laughs) (laughs) And Megatron just goes, okay, both of you shut the fuck up. I don't have time to deal with this. Skywarp, you stay there here and you watch them to make sure they don't fuck anything else up. Me and my boys. You're putting Skywarp in charge? You're putting Skywarp in charge. (laughs) Of the three of them, you're putting Skywarp in charge. This is your brilliant plan to stop fuck ups from happening. It's the the dumbest one who loves nothing more than pulling pranks and being a little shit. That's the guy. That's like fucking your shitty little brother being put in charge when your parents go out of the house. Like, why the fuck does he get to be in charge? And he's just like, he. That's what's going on here. Yeah, throughout this. So, like, throughout this episode, like, Thundercracker shows a surprising amount of lip for Thundercracker. He's so um, sassy. Who, yeah, who is, like, known as being of the elite trine, at least, like, the fairly conservative one. His loyalty isn't exactly clear. Like, he's less loyal to Decepticons than Skywarp is. But he's also, like, the most risk-averse. Um, yeah, he's, he's, not, he's, like... He's not mouthy. He's not, like... He, yeah, he's, like, the most um, reserved, is, like... Mm. Of, of the three of them, which, yeah. again, isn't saying much because Skywarp and Starscream are both off the walls insane. But like... Skywarp, Skywarp has an amazing line read later in this book, which yeah. is uh, the effectiveness of which is uh, sort of muddled by the fact that for his one important line, they color him <laughs> like Thundercracker. Yeah, they sure did. Good job, um, fellas. You did it. But, but at least it's the right voice. It is the um, right voice. So... Uh, yeah, but it's it is for, for this episode. Thundercracker is like taking no prisoners. He's pissed off at everyone. It's He's like, mad. What? Like in general, it just feels like with Skywarp being left in charge of the three of them. Hilarious parentheses. Hilarious. Um and. Thundercracker behaving the way he's behaving, it really kind of feels like they just forgot what Skywarp and Thundercracker's characters were. <laughs> right. So. The Autobots now know that they're in Peru, and while uh, last episode we covered they seemingly drove from Oregon to Bali, Indonesia, this one's a bit too far of a trip, so they have to go dig up Skyfire, which is, turns out to be entirely trivial. Like, you'd, you could have just done that whenever. Like, it's, yeah. It's so funny. Like, the way <laughs> the way Skyfire is treated by the Autobots, I talked about this a bit last week, but... He's like, just so shitty. <laughs> like, honestly, he might have been better off staying with the Decepticons because he's just their fucking Airbus. Yeah, neither. He, he's an, he's going to become a nail. Just like, fuck all of this. I'm just going to... Neither neither an Autobot nor a Decepticon. He doesn't even get like a room like the Dinobots, you know? No. Because the Dinobots <laughs> well, get, get like the whole room and they just, they just stand in there until someone wants them. Skyfire, yeah. yeah Skyfire just has to stand outside because he's too dang big. Yeah, neither an Autobot nor a Decepticon, but a secret third thing. So, yeah, they they just dig him up and thaw him out in, like, two minutes, and he seems fine. Um, clearly, Wheeljack they... is the one doing this, by the yes. way, so thank goodness that... And don't think that, like, Wheeljack is off the hook for shitty inventions in this episode, because no. that is directly referenced later on. Yes. Um, so... that the end of this episode could have gone very badly. Um... <laughs> it could have gone very badly, but... Um... Yeah, th- th- luckily for Skyfire, Wheeljack doesn't critically damage him. <laughs> so the plan is Skyfire is going to take Brawn and Windcharger up there to do, like, recon. 
I don't. Well, I don't know why Windcharger keeps showing up lately in the episodes we've been watching because he is a non-presence in this first half of this season. Well, well, he. We really need his magnetic arms for this one. That's right. He uses them so much in this episode. <laughs> so, yeah, like they 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 uh they fly in right as Megatron, Soundwave, and a reflector, which is one of them, uh, is flying towards a mining town to get some cooler, better, better metal. Um. And they just fucking Windcharger and Braun just jump on their backs like spider monkeys. I mean, Bra- they're about the right size, relatively. Braun flies Soundwave into the side of a mountain. That is very funny. I will say so. So he flies into the side of the mountain, and then he's like, "Your turn, Megatron." And Megatron's like, "What are you fucking stupid?" <laughs> he's, he's like, "All right, Megatron, come at me." It's like, listen, man. Last time someone who was around your size tried to pick a fight with me, I, I punted him across the state. I don't know what you're thinking with this, my dude. And Braun has like I always love a- how in the cartoon, Braun takes so much damage and specifically so much more than killed him in the movie. Yeah, he, in the movie. Who the fuck was. was I, I was trying to remember what kills him in the movie. Is it just. Oh, he I gets, remember. He gets shot in the shoulder. He gets and he shot in dies. the shoulder by Scavenger or some random guy with a pistol. Like, not even Megatron. He just gets shot by some dude and dies. Well, you know, those Constructicons, they've really been uh, modifying their weaponry. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah. Windcharger gets the fucking laser beak status effect for this episode. Whoa, laser beak, be upon ye. And gets chased around by a bird. Meanwhile, Braun is like desperately Bra- yeah. dodging Soundwave, blasting him with Megatron. Yeah, so once Megatron's like, what are you, stupid? Like, Braun sort of looks at him and goes, hmm, maybe. <laughs> like, this actually might not have been my best idea in retrospect. So. Skyfire has I guess he's just been flying around um and Braun's like please help I'm going to die and Skyfire is like no problem little buddy we're going to do a cool stunt to get you out of there and so they do a thing where all right you're going to have to you're going to have to stick with me everyone when I describe this so Windcharger who is being chased by Laserbeak Drives around to where Braun is trapped on a cliff. Windcharger then ramps off of the cliff with Braun climbing on top of him, and they ramp into Skyfire. I'm out of breath from describing that. And I'm sure everyone can imagine it perfectly. And and then and then Skyfire is like, we should probably go back and get the others. It's like, yeah, no shit. Perhaps to in- investigate a Decepticon plan, you needed more than two small guys. What is so yeah. funny is that like they just retreat, p- pick up people, and then immediately leave again. There's like, uh, but like the fact that they bother to animate like this five second scene. It's beautiful. It's like why even bother? You could have just whatever. So this is where the real amazing stuff starts happening. So the Decepticons rob the steel mill. The Autobots are en route, and they they start splitting up. Skyfire is sent off to investigate this cannon. Meanwhile, Optimus and the Pat and the gang are going to go fuck up the Decepticons. And there's an amazing line from Skyfire here. Because he flies over to the pyramid, and he transforms. And he just goes, hee hee, I'm too darn big to sneak around. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
It's really good. He's um, just a funny boy. Treat him with more respect. There is a couple of things I wanna I wanna talk about actually that that we missed. One is that again, as mentioned in the last episode, or uh, over uh, fire in the sky. Um, Megatron, upon seeing Skyfire, like flies into a rage. He's like, yes. "That traitor, Skyfire! I fucking hate that guy. I thought he was dead. <laughs> kill, um, kill that guy." He's so mad about seeing Skyfire again. And the other thing is that when they make this plan, so Skyfire arrives with, uh, you know, his rescued friends in tow, still in shuttle form, and Optimus walks over to him and, like, right. his nose cone like a horse. You're like, you're- it's like, great job, buddy. Yeah, I noticed. I was like, is he, like, why are you, what are you doing? You're just, like, patting him like a dog? Like, what is this? No. No, it's a, he's patting him like a horse. Like a horse, he's, ah. he's billing an unbreakable. He he's a shuttle girl. Do you want a carrot, old girl? So I'm suddenly remembering when I was a kid, this episode kind of reminded me of mysterious cities of gold. Oh shit! That like yeah, I think I've saw I've seen a video about this. That was like an anime that was put up on like Nickelodeon, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know where it aired, but my dad was like, he he always thought of it as like one of the lost, like one of those gems, you know, right. no one else knew about it, but he like showed it to me. And, God, and your I dad wa- sounds sick as hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. He's got cool taste. Yeah, so I remember I'd watch this and I was like, is, all the character designs in in the Peru part kind of just reminded me of Mysterious Cities of Gold, so. I, I've, seen, came I've up, seen pictures of it. back to me. I think, yeah, I think I know you. I know what you're talking about. I've seen some footage of it. So yeah, they do kind of look like that. So this fight scene in the in the steel mill has one of my favorite things ever, which is Bronze stealing Megatron's arm cannon and then shooting him with it, <laughs> and Megatron yeah. going, "You fucking piece of shit! How dare you!" <laughs> And then Laserbeak steals it away from Bronze, who goes, "Hey, give that back." <laughs> Oh, just the, these these the, the <laughs> powerful intergalactic warriors fighting an endless yeah, civil really? war. Hey, um, get that back! All right, and so this is where Starscream. Yeah, so Skyfire like sees Starscream and Thundercracker. Well, before that, there, uh, I have to. I we cannot skip over this one because what the because uh, Megatron calls Scarf and goes, "Hey, it's getting hot over here. We need your help." And Skywarp turns oh, well, to Starscream. This is, this is this is before that, actually. Oh, is Th- it? This part. So he... Nothing happens between them, but, like, Skywarp sees them. Like, on... Uh, sees all three of them on the ruins. He's arrived in Peru, and he sees them all on the ruins. And there's, yeah. like... He, he sees Starscream and immediately is, like, Jojo <laughs> walking towards Dio tension. Yes. Between, which is, it's so funny, because I talked about this last episode, too, but now you understand that, like, Starscream and Skyfire can't show up in an episode together anymore without it becoming ten times more dramatic. Yeah, it's gonna, um. they're going to make it a problem. But, yeah, but so I, they call he calls Skywarp, and Skywarp just turns to Starscream and goes, Have fun playing Crystal Nurse, Starscream. Bye! Like, he literally says, like, bye! Yeah, except, again, he is painted as Thundercracker. Yes, he looks, he looks like Thundercracker. It's a, it's a real problem. But it's such a good line read. <laughs> like, what an asshole. Yeah. So um, yeah, then 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 Skyfire like, God, I'm just I I just wrote again. He he, I'm too darn big to sneak around. Just <laughs> true, yeah. Damn king, um, so true. 
So I, I forget what Starscream does go, goes off to do, but he goes off he to just, do something. He just something. wanders off, just and off. then because yeah. the person who finds Skyfire is Thundercracker, who goes, "Now hang on a minute." So I'm of, I'm of two minds about this. Yes, he's like, "Well, okay, well, if I, if I, so if I let you, if I, if I take you down now." Starscream will just take all the credit for it and say that I fucked up somehow. But if I let you blow up the cannon, then Megatron's probably going to get really mad at Starscream. So I should just let you blow up the cannon. Like, who are you and what have you done with Thundercracker? And then Starscream. This is Skywarp ass behavior. It is. And then Starscream right behind him goes, fucking traitor, and shoots a Thundercracker who dodges out of the out of the way and it hits skyfire <laughs> who falls down the stairs <laughs> and i love giant robot stairs yeah the, 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 the fucking third act of this episode is just all of the autobots constantly falling down the stairs it's so, so good when we started the season i misremembered because i thought it was um starscream who fell down the stairs here but it wasn't it was skyfire skyfire who gets shot falls down the stairs and is seemingly offline already and like without blinking like starscream's like well i'm not too mad about that and immediately (laughs) goes back to antagonizing thundercracker and being like god damn it i am the trying leader here Fuck you, dude. Stop stop messing around. Or I, I swear to God, I'm going to report your ass to Megatron. Now, here's a pop quiz for everyone. Okay. What do you do in the situation where a gigantic uh, robot has caused a landslide via a black hole powered fusion cannon? You shoot those rocks real good. Yeah, you just shoot, into a fine you just shoot the rocks until they're tiny pebbles. <laughs> This is this is one of the funniest scenes. So there's yes, so there's a landslide happening, and all the Autobots are like, "We must protect this Peruvian village." Great, we're on top of, we're we're with you. It's not so much a landslide as it is like a rock fall. Yeah, they're these are big rocks. These are like Indiana yeah, these are Jones these boulders. are boulders. Um, and the solution, I mean, in the heat of the moment, I guess not a bad one, is that they all just open crazy fire. <laughs> <laughs> on these rocks this is the most artillery you've ever seen from the autobots and it's against rocks they which all, is like great they all flip full auto on their weapons and just go hog wild yeah. which is like great but also why wouldn't you use this on the decepticons it's big energy drain i guess um so god this is where things start to get really crazy because this then spike and bumblebee meet louisa who's like i know an underground passage to the fucking crystal of power and spike's like what you're pretty crystal power so then and thankfully the crystal of power chamber is also where thundercracker and starscream stash skyfire's body yeah or well well skywarp's body i <laughs> yes, think you mean skyfire who, <laughs> so then- who fell into some skywarp colored paint down the stairs yeah, it's like maybe five frames. It's like not a, a full second even, but for those frames, it is it is definitely Skywarp that they are hauling between them. And Megatron oh. like sees them and he's like, oh, hell yeah, Skyfire, I hate that guy, but maybe I can brainwash him. And that would rule. And, you, do, you, and, like, you guys suck, though. <laughs> yeah, like, you guys both suck, but he, he but Skyfire could be great. And like, literally, Sky, uh, um thundercracker and starscream don't even say anything they just start leaving and, ba- and basically like megatron's like yelling at starscream's back it's like yeah well i like your ex better than you anyway 
stupid. You do th- I think I know what happened here with the animation. So, like, up until this point in the show, there's only been three plane guys. And so the animators were like, right, yeah. wait, why, is, why are they carrying the third plane guy? And that doesn't, whatever. That, color him like the third one. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what? There's a new one? There's a new plane guy? Oh, god damn it. No, I there's, only three, sh- there's only three plane guys, released... and they're all the same plane guy. Yeah. They just released a toy of, like, shattered glass sky fire, or shattered glass jet fire. Yes, and right. he has... Oh, yeah. He has but he's not... I, 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 just now, I was thinking, that must be why he's colored in black. But then I looked it up, and it's that's not it at all. That's a, uh, it's oh, just, my God. They it's so annoying like- how, like, half of the... Half of the shattered glass designs in Transformers are like these incredible deep cuts yeah. that are like like a whole article worth of cool stuff, and then half of them are like, "Oh, we thought black looked cool." Yeah. Literally, the other, literally the other half is, "What if it was purple?" They love making <laughs> evil dudes purple in shattered glass. They love nothing more. So no, I'm I'm very disappointed to say that it does not match that. Animation that's model. so sad. I really wanted to make the deep, the deep pull of like we're gonna we're gonna make a reference to a five second animation error from a random episode of G1. Huge oh brain God. maneuver. So Spike and Bumblebee show up in the fucking Crystal of Power chamber, and Spike. Now this is interesting. Spike is like, oh, I can fix this. I can fix Skyfire. <laughs> can you? <laughs> He's a he's a Cybertronian Spike. Have you just been uh, sitting in on on like? Have you been has Ratchet been putting on like Operation Theaters? I mean, has to he be been fair, a Transformer yet? Or is that later? Oh, sorry, what? Has he been a Transformer? No, yet? that's the no, first episode later. of season one where they Frankenstein him into a Transformer. Ah, <laughs> oh, season two. What a beautiful, yeah. beautiful season of television. Um. Uh, to be fair, Ratchet has been performing open heart surgery <laughs> just in the open yeah, very, very often, with a, with his patients commenting on it the entire time. So he's working on Skyfire while Ravage breaks in, and Bumble. I love this fight Ravage and Bumblebee have because it looks less like a fight and more like Bumblebee is is desperately trying to stop his cat from eating his spaghetti. Literally, my my note here is wow, just like Fig. <laughs> he just like stop. He's like weakly batting in Ravage's face, like stop. Stop it! No, you can't have my fucking shrimp. <laughs> and then he like starts chewing on Bumblebee's arm. Yes, it's like man, come on. <laughs> and I was just I was through, all this whole time I was just thinking like, man, what if this scene ended like their fight in Revenge of the Fallen, and Bumblebee just suddenly <laughs> tore Ravage in half? Jesus. Meanwhile, oh, we'll yeah. Meanwhile, uh, all of the Autobots are getting owned and falling down the stairs outside because Megatron has a new gun that works. But I think it's Optimus who, ha- yeah, it is Optimus who has a great solution to this. Neg your team for better results. Yeah, what the fuck was this? He's like, are you all a bunch of fucking robot chickens? It's like, bro. Yeah, and Frog's like, no one calls me a chicken, and like immediately. Every time I see the Autobots run up the stairs, I think, oh, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> they say you shouldn't do that. That's a UNESCO World Heritage Site, my guy. They fuck. They fuck these ruins up so bad. <laughs> They're gonna be in big trouble. Um, yeah, it's so like Megatron is just sitting with the artillery up on top of the pyramid, and we see later that Starscream is guarding the other side of the pyramid because it has it has two stairways, like most Mesoamerican pyramids. And yeah, th- Brawn and Windchargers go up the other way, <laughs> and of course, the entire time, 
Optimus and Ironhide and Windcharger just falling down the stairs all over the fucking place. It's amazing. But eventually, Brawn makes it up there and just, like, shoves Starscream into Megatron that makes him lose control of the cannon and just, it's it's just, it is the lamest looking fight on this show yet. It's amazing. It ends, it ends with Optimus throwing Megatron off the pyramid, which is all fine and good. And also, like, Megatron's weeniest escape to date. Yeah. Um, and also, once again, so much less than that killed Megatron in the yeah. movie. Well, well, I guess to be fair, he'd been fighting Optimus for a real long time. There was, like, other injuries exacerbated by that yeah, fall. Yeah. And he, it's okay, yeah. because he came back as the cooler Megatron. That's Galvatron. right. He, he came back as Leonard Nimoy. Um, um but yeah but, like but he, anyway so mega yeah so but my, my point is optimus throws megatron off the tower which is all fine and good but why would you not just throw him into the stream of magma right yeah, behind oh, yeah. you because at this point the fucking pyramid well, didn't work last time that's true they already tried this they will try because <laughs> okay here's the thing i know you guys are watching these out of order i just watched the episode before this and it ends with all the decepticons getting thrown into lava and sinking to the bottom of the lava <laughs> and they're fine and then and then the human and then like sam or whatever who, who the human is what is my right yeah he goes like is that really the end of the Decepticons? And he's and Optimus for the fifth like, time this we season. We can't be so sure. Yeah, we can't be so sure. And it's like this isn't even the finale. Why did they write it like that? Uh, the, just back the it's next amazing. Time. So literally in season one, it's every other episode where they're like, "Well, that's the end of them forever." <laughs> yep. And it's like next week, oh, what? They're back. Who could have seen this coming? Optimus like, I did. I saw it coming. I'm always vigilant. Um, but yeah, we forgot to mention one of the, one of the funniest aspects of Thundercracker in this episode is that he loves calling people geeks. Yeah, he calls Starscream I mean, like listen. a ge- he's he's like that geeky Starscream. Yeah, when he's when he's like explaining his plan to uh, Skyfire about being of two minds, he's like, "If I beat you, that geeky Starscream will just take the credit." It's like, oh, I guess for Starscream, it's kind of fair, but. Yeah, and so the, the the fucking episode ends with Skyfire strafing the cannon. With the cheek! The and, cheek from this man! And everyone flying away. And, the, and like, yeah, Thundercracker just goes like, Yeah, Megatron and Starscream, you two are a bunch of fucking geek-ass losers later. And Starscream only reinforces that by going, mm, I wish he wouldn't use his thunder abilities. It's too loud. It's hurting my ears. I have a headache, he says. Ooh. And Megatron and- goes, I hate all of you. <laughs> I fucking hate all of you. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure that is the only time in the show that Thundercracker's, like, sonic boom abilities are ever mentioned. And it's to give Starscream That's not true. It, it, it's mentioned, it, he uses them in the first episode. That's right. It very, very rarely do the Elite try and show it's, off their abilities. Yeah, it's like Skywarp and his warp drive. It, it's there, forget, but it's not yeah. exactly used. Yeah, Bumblebee's door is open backwards in this scene. Oh fuck! They, he's uh, he's got some of those. Uh, he's a uh, he's an experimental Volkswagen Beetle. He's got some some new doors. So yeah, this is where. The, the, by the way, the pyramid is still erupting with magma. Um, <laughs> Not for long because yeah. Wheeljack's here to save the day. We, Wheeljack's like I, I Wheeljack's like I know what to do. I'm just gonna put a cap on. It's like, I feel like that's bad. I feel like that would not. That's going to explode. That's going to build up a lot of pressure. And literally he does it and nothing happens. And he's like, well, 
And everyone, well, one of my experiments works. And everyone cheers and claps and literally puts on a light show for him because they're so proud one of his experiments yeah. didn't <laughs> catastrophically sh- fail. They're shitting, crying, throwing up. <laughs> they're, they're doing, yeah, they're, they're doing the fucking pitted at cover match salute at Wheeljack. is like, oh my god, one of your inventions <laughs> didn't endanger dangerous. us. It's funny how often the Transformers run into lava. Because they, they live in St. Helens, mm-hmm. right? They, I mean, sorry, they live in St. Hillary. Yes, Mount St. Hillary. So they were woken up because that erupted. And then there's they con- the, the earth is constantly just ripping open and they just throw people into lava that's just like, you know, a cu- you know, a couple yards down at all times. It's just lava right there. It's not just G1 either because in Beast Wars, the Predacon ship is also in a volcano. And they also go to the Ark in that show, which is also full of lava. So what the fuck is going on with the lava? And there's also Prime. Yeah, that's, the Dark Energon lava. Yeah, that's the secret. Lava is the blood of Unicron. Shit. It's all, it's all connected. Anyway, yeah, Luisa's like, hey, Bumblebee, you want to fuck my brother's Q convertible? He's like, sure. Her name's Juanita. Her name's Juanita. Yeah, like, oh, boy, howdy. And that's how we end the episode. That's the end of the episode. Insane like behavior. Little, I like his little Disney Herbie animal. Yeah, his like, little bounce. Like, oh shucks. Uh, and that is the end. I forgot. Does Bumblebee always have pink upholstery? I don't. I think it's only. No. I think that. Yeah, I think it's only. I think that's an animation here. I do like it, though. It's usually like beige. Yeah, beige or brown. Well, yeah, that's accurate, too. I don't know. I don't know if we're presuming Bumblebee's a super beetle or what. Right. But beige is more accurate than pink. All right. But I like it. So we, every week, get some questions from Twitter and our Discord. I think we've got one on Twitter. Let me check. Yeah, we, we did have one this week. We do. From Twoov at what is cosplay on Twitter. If you had to change Mr. Fire's name another time, what would it be? This is an easy one. Starfire. Oh. Well, hang on. That's just oh, her ship man. name. <laughs> uh, no, it's actually Skystar. <laughs> oh, uh, that's probably right. pre- Probably precisely for that reason, actually. Um, but I actually looked it up because I was curious. Um, and... Uh, Starfire was introduced in 1980, so she does actually oh, beat she out. Predates. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Okay. Um, she debuted about... in 1980. But <laughs> hey, why why let copyright stop us now, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. Hmm, Starfire is really the only other one, right? Because like Jetfire, Skyfire, Starfire. What else can you pair with fire? I was just thinking of Firefire. There is a there is a third version of the name though. Oh, what is it? I'm trying to remember what it is, but I know that in one of the continuities, Jetfire has like a twin brother. Oh, Jet uh Jetsum. Yeah, Jetstorm. Oh, Jetstorm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah, an animated. Yeah, animated. They combine into Safeguard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, if we <laughs> Jetsum's a thing that's on water. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking of Floatsum and Jetsum, the eels from Little Mermaid. <laughs> Love those guys. Yeah, I mean, I got yeah, I think I like you know, Starfire is a good name. They should someone should make a character with that name. Yeah, really. I'm, I guess you could I'm be sticking, like, I'm sticking with Firefire. Firefire is good. pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, you could do something like Firestorm, I guess. Ooh, I like Firestorm, but wait a minute, hang on, that's also. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah. That's also a DC character from the. It 80s. is also a DC, but that one may, but I think Transformers may predate that one. Let's see. Hang on. Um. <laughs> Firestorm, show it to me. Publication date. I'm gonna go with Snowflame. Oh, 
First appearance, March 1978. Yikes, never mind. Um, yeah, I, I think I, like... I would like, I think Jetfire, I mean, I think, yeah, I think Jetfire's life could be improved by copious amounts of cocaine, just like Snowfire. Or like, yeah. or like Sunfire. Sunfire, Sun, Sunfire's all like right. that. All right. On the Discord, this one's all you, Audrey. Dick-wielding oh, yeah. menace, Daphnis in the Discord, asks, <laughs> quick, write Skyfire's Tinder profile. Oh, Christ. Um... <laughs> Uh, he's definitely, like, he only has three photos, and, like, one of them is just his hands petting animals. <laughs> um, and he's, like, yeah, work with animals, um, you know, a sweet guy just looking for a sweet someone else kind of thing. Like, soft boy-ass Tinder profile. Oh, uh, he, j- fucking Skyfire is such a soft boy. Especially compared to, like, a lot of other jet fires, where, like, especially other G1 jet fires. Where I think they really lean into like the idea of a dude being atheist in a co- in a franchise that keeps yeah. inventing gods. Yeah. Dreamwave latch onto that one. And I think it's also a part of his character in IDW, where he's like he's like a fucking our atheism guy. And I mean, again, if you can't the games, then it's his character in Aligned as well. Yep. Um, yeah, I lo- I love soft boy Tinder profile Skyfire a lot. Yeah, he's he definitely is his his um uh main photo the first photo um is a headshot of him with a flower crown <laughs> Wonderful. but it's made out of like entire pine trees oh it's beautiful yeah matrix of leader leader thick sam in the discord asks having seen both these episodes and regrettably revenge of the fallen recently oh, sorry i just i just saw aurora's new nickname which we yes. need to talk about yeah oh yeah we, we, we forgot it we forgot a line that is important yeah yeah so having regrettably seen both these episodes of revenge of the fallen recently how plausible would you say it is that if you put g1 Jetfire on earth in ancient times he'd eventually end up as the bayverse version not at all <laughs> bay Jetfire is like a old man who farts yeah, yeah, it's just don't think uh, I don't think it works. And like he that. used to actually be a Decepticon. Skyfire predates the war, so he was unaffiliated. I yes. guess that's where they got. I guess that must be where they got. Yeah, the shattered glass. It's pretty lame. Uh, like I said, half the, this is a hot take. Half of the shattered glass things are lame. <laughs> like, like that's stupid. Yeah, it's like once you get past the big name characters, it's like, uh, what can we do? Make them purple, or if they're an, or if they're a good Decepticon, what if it make was them purple. What if they were white and blue? For the uh, for it's like what if they were purple and black for the Autobots? Yeah. And it's like what if they were uh, white and blue for the Decepticons? Yeah, exactly. Star they they looked at Starscream and they're like, what if Starscream was Skyfire now? Yep, that is actually one of my favorite ones. And even though it's yellowed immediately, there's no you can't get that toy. You open out a package and it just like makes a sizzling noise and then it all <laughs> turns yellow. Yeah. You yeah, can't get that toy. I feel like I really, I feel. listen. I like the shattered glass designs, but like Scott, like Starstream, literally is just Skyfire. It's beautiful. So yeah, yeah. So Aurora's name right now is aren't they terrific? So in the in the in Fire in the moment. Sky, there's a bit where they're driving from Oregon to the Arctic Circle, as is very easy to do, and and you can do it within a day. Um, mm-hmm. They're seeing the Aurora Borealis, and. 
fucking spikes like wow the aurora borealis and what what the fuck does hang on i can i can look because she posted it, it. no no no. i know it i know it it's like he Isn't goes like- he goes aren't they terrific and optimus replies yes they are very pleasing to my optic sensors <laughs> yes <laughs> very pleasing to my optic sensors but it's just like such a weird stilted conversation too it is. it's just like out of nowhere it's just like aren't they terrific well, yes I, I, sure all my favorite optimus moments from across the franchises are like him interacting with humans in really funny ways yes i mean the, the know, prime... I, I constantly think of the the thing i think we we're about to bring up the same one though like optimus do you want to see a funny video no. yes <laughs> so yes! much he just says no. it so flat like no and just walks away. <laughs> Very good. Doesn't he just go back to working yeah, on his computer? Yeah, yeah, he just goes back to the computer. Real fucking dad moment, that one. That's amazing. No. Yeah, so Aurora's question is, what are your thoughts on the song Smoke on the Water? Fire in the Sky. Uh, that must be where they song. thought it. You see, this was like the weird added element where no one's really sure why they changed the name in between... The toy, like maybe they did it to like because they were so worried about the lawsuit they didn't even want it to be like legally obvious. Yeah, they couldn't even call him Jetfire because like that's still the name of the toy and you can't fucking market Draw the toy. Yeah, to the toy, but it is so, like no one's. Maybe it was tr- like it's very weird. Uh, Jetfire is obviously the better name, mm-hmm. but I've never minded Skyfire. Skyfire. Do you know what's, do you know what's weird? What's, I like Skyfire. I like Skyfire. But you know what's weird? Okay, so Siege put out that that toy, right? That was yeah. this, the Jetfire toy. And the whole thing was that, like, this is the first animation-accurate, like, Skyfire toy. Right. Except for that notch. We're going to leave out that notch for no reason. <laughs> no reason. It's always going to... Look at the animation. He has a weird white notch on his cockpit. And then look at the siege toy. It's not there. Well, they were just like, "Nah, that's that sucks." When that, I have good news, Quentin. Have you seen this yet? Is it the masterpiece? Yes, the ginormous masterpiece Skyfire that they're coming out with soon. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, Check I'm excited. it out, Except though. For, he's, but I'm not excited in terms of shelf space. But he's got that yeah. notch. I, uh, once again, I'm excited to get him in my hands, take him out of the package, and then hear that sizzling noise <laughs> as he turns I'm, I'm completely so gl- yellow like sharp cheddar cheese. I, I'm so glad that they included the creature mode. Yes, he gets to do jerwalk mode. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the jerwalk mode. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, 14 good. inches tall in Robo. That's a big motherfucker. <laughs> Now what I need is that Bishojo uh, Starscream. Uh, <laughs> that's a different. That's a whole different ballpark. So Robinus Prime asks, "Hey, name a Transformers couple when they see the abbreviation MLM. One sees men loving men, and the other sees multi-level marketing." Dratchet. Oh fuck! Which one is which? Ratchet sees men loving men. Drift is the one who sees multi-level marketing. Uh, but that's because of his experience as Deadlock. <laughs> See, I feel also, like uh, if you if you add in Marxist Leninist Maoist, I think this is Cygate. Cyclonus is the one who sees Marxist Leninist Maoist. Wait, no, it's Cyworldgate. You have oh, to assign God. one to each yes. of them. Okay, there you go. Okay, so World is multi-level marketing. Yeah. Tailgate is men loving men, and yeah. Cyclonus is Marxist Leninist Maoist. A hundred percent. 
<sighs> I would also say um, the um, Combaticons uh, polycule, where everyone except Swindle sees it as men loving men. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what Swindle sees it as. Of course. You know, what, you have any Transformers ships, Quentin? Are you are you that kind of Transformers fan? Uh, I guess I guess I guess not. Uh, I mean, I uh, it's kind of weird, isn't it? It's it it, it yeah. I mean, like mouths, <laughs> well, I guess like sometimes we'll see like like a comic art of like RC kissing someone yes. in like a comic, and I'll be like, that's weird. Don't do it. IDW one really really made the made the robots kiss a lot. They like doing it, including kind of like. Including there's I like when there's one couple <laughs> where neither of them have mouths. They both have face plates. Uh, Chrome did. I did. <laughs> I did kind of approve of is the IDW comic where, where the IDW continuity will like Skywarp like gets a girlfriend and a dog and just becomes a movie. Director. That's Thundercracker. It's, it's Thundercracker. No, oh, Thundercracker. Skywarp joins GI Joe. Yeah, Sky <laughs> Skywarp gets a human boyfriend. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he gets rock and roll. Yeah, it's so funny because like to talk. About, I love IDW Thundercracker a lot. To talk about his like arc a little bit because like he gets left behind on Earth after the whole All Hail Megatron invasion, and he's like trapped and hiding well, he from. Gets, fucking... He doesn't get left behind. He, oh, gets, he gets shot down right. by Starscream. <laughs> no, by Skywarp. Are you right by Skywarp? Once again, they are all wouldn't... very similar. All yeah, the same. um, because he has like a change of heart yeah. after like looking at all the destruction he's like this is kind of fucked up like we did i didn't join the decepticons to do genocide i became the joined the decepticons to do class warfare and skywarp's like you're a fucking traitor and shoots him out of the sky and so while he's healing he watches all television ever made and falls in love with human culture <laughs> it's and amazing also a human. and a human yeah, he, and he, very very macross ironically and, oh yeah the culture and all that shit that's right um, <laughs> aren't they terrific? Aurora has a couple here. Kind of messed up a while back when I asked about fake out deaths. I want to know which ones you think are the most dumb and stupid, just like across the board, or specifically Transformers. I guess Transformers. Well, I, she also elaborates. My pick goes to the one of the Little Mermaid prequel where they try, <laughs> where they try to make you think Ariel is gonna die. Come on, you can't do that in a prequel. Uh fake out deaths. I mean, fake out deaths. There's um, one in there One are... Piece that always pisses me the fuck off. And it's Which Pell. One? It's Pell. Oh. Yeah, why? Okay. why? Why does he live? He, there's no reason for him to live. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of fake out deaths in One Piece that make me kind of mad, but that one's the one that really gets my goat. Um, There are, like, a, a few in sports anime where it's so stupid. It's like, it's a sports anime. They're not going to die. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what i mean it's amazing um yeah there's like i mean again obviously it's like the little mermaid one but it's like i mean there's one in prince of tennis that i'm thinking of but prince of I tennis is just like any. a nightmare series how does someone die in tennis can't think of so he doesn't all. die from tennis to be fair okay <laughs> he gets it he gets into like a car accident <laughs> but the only one i can think of i'm trying to think of one just one to say and i've I, my brain is just so fried from the last few years of work that all I can think of is the Weird Al biopic movie where you think he's going to die from drunk driving, but he survives, and then he gets shot in front of a crowd, and that's how he dies. <laughs> that movie is amazing. I watched that over, over a couple weeks ago. It's so good. 
I mean, this is like the thesis of like the scary movies. Yes. Also from uh, Aurora. And uh, and uh, Final Destination. Oh, yeah. Those are fun. Um, Those are fun, yeah. Aurora asks all the degrees, degrees in science for Starscream to study. What's the funniest? Psychology. <laughs> I'm going to figure out what's wrong with me if it's the last thing I do. You see, I oh, as a kid, I literally imagined Starscream and Jeff and uh, Skyfire, like running around in lab coats with like microscopes. Hell yes! And I remember, I always imagined like Jeff, like Starscream, is being a pretty chill guy. He's just like, oh, we can go to Earth and watch the bio growth, and there will be monkeys, and we will study the monkeys and give them tags. And then, then, then that was the whole appeal of it is then like Jetfire or Skyfire gets like a coma and he wakes up and Starscream's just crazy <laughs> for no reason. Yes. Now. <laughs> yes. That's Sickos. wonderful. Um, I, that's a very, that I will is say, a very funny image. I will say that one of my favorite genres of fan art for Starscream is fan art that imagines him during this time and gives him glasses. Oh, it's really good. I that's really a, like to see him with them. That's a potent image right there. Yeah. And of course, we have the requisite from Robinus Prime, Aurora Borealis. At this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely within your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Steamed rustics. <laughs> Speaking of, Aurora has another one. Probably as close to a winter app as we're getting for a while. Have the Autobots met Santa or saved Christmas? Which Autobot would guide Santa through a very specific hazard only they could navigate? Does Merlin count? No. <laughs> and they also haven't met Merlin yet. Certain... I... And it's also not the Autobots. There must be one Autobot. Oh, I guess I guess they never meet Merlin in a Decepticon and King Arthur's Court. The finest television know. ever put ever uh, aired. <laughs> Greatest episode. <laughs> Locked after 12,000. Um, oh, God. I mean, there's so many wacky abilities to use, right? It's got to be Wind Charger's like, magnet arms. <laughs> I feel like it's Ravage the Red-Nosed Rain Dog Cat. Oh. But that's... A, we're talking about Autobots, so... Yeah, Ravage would never save Christmas unless we're talking about Shattered Glass Ravage. Obviously, I think I think Ravage would save Christmas. You think he's got that? I think in it, him? it depends on how how gullible they were about Santa Claus. True. Yeah, we shall yeah. defend this powerful Winter Wizard and use his just... abilities to fill energon cubes. What does Santa? I, I, you you guys, this is making me really regret that there's not an actual Santa Claus. I episode know. I know. Should... It's just one of those things that should exist. It's not that far out from things that did. No, it would have absolutely fit into season two. Yeah, like, there should have absolutely been a fucking Christmas episode where they saved time. And like we said, they travel back in time and meet Merlin. Like, come on. This whole time since you guys said the phrase season two, I've just been thinking about the basketball episode. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we're Prime's fucking balling. (laughs) Yeah, I was just like, you guys gotta be so excited to get to the basketball episode. Fuck you, I'm balling. (laughs) <laughs> there oh i mean there's so much i mean i'm really looking forward to getting to autobop personally yeah the which fucking... is my my personal favorite <laughs> the nightclub episode where blaster and Soundwave have a dj battle yep it's quite yeah. good there's the, epic rap there's battles the one... of history 
There's the one where that with a red robot gets like an odd, like a legit girlfriend. Yes, the oh, we, yes. we always the girl who loved. I talk about. Um, I talk about Power Glide and Astoria an inordinate amount on this on this series. And it's even better because she she likes she has like she's got this kind of voice. It's like, damn, what that Power Glussy do, boy? Oh my god! So let's like, get the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> Black Arachnia Lovebot asks, in an AU where a funny little guy never traveled back in time and reached for a curly straw. Don't do this. What do you think Mr. Fire and Starscream's love life would be like? Would they adopt slash create a protoformer 3? What date would they be on when they realize that they were Kondrux and Dura? Um... I mean, it just it just be like science adventures, right? Like they just continue, they, they they discover all sorts of new flora and fauna and document them and 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 bring enlightened knowledge of, of organic life forms to the to Cybertron. I do think Starstream would be very politically active, regardless. Like yes. again, it varies from continuity to continuity, but some continuities he's a prince, a vos. Um, in other ones, I think he would still be killing senators. <laughs> And of course, in the one country, he gets elected president. Yep, in a totally in a totally fair election, mm-hmm. <laughs> with zero political assassinations that he did. Not a, not a one, and he certainly and he certainly isn't haunted by it, it with the ghost of Bumblebee speaking into his brain constantly. IW one is a great is a great continuity. Oh my god, I fucking love robots in disguise. It's uh, just it's just Robot West Wing. It is. It's literally hey, just Robot West Wing. Did anyone stay on for the rest of IDW? Because I got really bored with it. Um, you mean for after the reboot? After I I, re- I started the reboot and I stayed with it until they killed the kid. That like, is also care. where I because like I don't really care about anything. It, it, it was it was it was all right. This is really unfair to them, obviously. But it's after they introduced Cyclonus, and I love IDW one Cyclonus is literally one of my favorite characters ever. And this guy's just it's not, not that like guy. It's not like you have a username named after him. Yeah, or it's anything. not. It's not like I am Cyclonus uh, with a five on on Tumblr. No, it's like yeah. it was. It was just that, and seeing like the direction things were going, it's like I'm just not as interested in this as a yeah. story as. And also, yeah. like the art for those first few issues was fucking rough. Yeah, there... it was very like. It was very like someone had the toy, took a photo exactly. of the toy, traced the toy. I, liter- I think I literally saw a screw in Megatron's back in one of those panels. I was like, oh, man. Megatron consistently had the gap in his arm where his hands went. It's like, man. It looked weird. Man, you can't just trace the toys. This is how we got all this fucking terrible uh, Dreamwave data book arts where they clearly just drew the toy. I think there were like some interesting ideas introduced in IDW2, yeah. especially stuff with like parenthood. Yeah, like yeah. I read a lot of stuff that they did in the future. It's like, well, that sounds interesting. Yeah. I just, I just didn't really feel like sticking with it. But, but yeah, it's I, so, I didn't it's really so read sad. It. So this is December twenty twenty two, for context, by the way, and this is the last month IDW will have the rights. That's right. Yeah, which is crazy. It's not, it's end nuts. of a, like that's really an end of an era. I, I do wonder well, who's going to have them next. If, if Hasbro's going to create their own imprint, or if like someone else, because like I don't know who else could possibly get it. They should give it to Titan Comics for these the final two months that Titan Comics is going to exist. Let's give them to Image Comics. Let's see what happens. Get life on Liefeld. there. <laughs> You've just uh, uh, I want to I want to see an Optimus as wide as he is tall. Oh. Uh, also from Black Rack and Lovebot, how do you think Mr. Fire would handle waking up in each of the continuities you've seen so far? 
bad in okay. all of them. Okay, Armada would be basically the same. Like, Armada is kind of just slightly edgier G1 in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. Debatably continuity-wise as well. Yeah. I mean, Prime? Mm, he would not do well. well again, in, he's a sophomore. Yeah. He if, would not well, do well. I mean, it's unclear, right? Because if Prime is part of Aligned, he True. does show up in War for Cybertron, and his last interactions with Megatron and Starscream are not good ones. Well, to be fair, I think this is specifically this version of Skyfire. This version of oh, Skyfire. Oh, this version like, of Skyfire. He okay. wakes up from his ice coma, and he's in, like, the Bayverse movies. Oh. He's like, <laughs> no. Dies immediately. Yeah, his Optimus just pops up and tears his head off and eats it or whatever the fuck <laughs> yeah, he's doing He doesn't doing even now. get a chance. He doesn't yeah. even get a chance to wake up in Bayverse because Optimus just assumes he's a, he's a Decepticon and decapitates him, as mm-hmm. is his right and duty. Uh, animated, I think he'd do okay. Animated's goofy and, you know, he, he'd have like... There's soft boys in animated. I guess Prowl's kind of a soft boy in a way. And an- isn't animated also one of the ones where... Where Transformers are not a secret. Yes, yes, they're publicly known in animated. I think he's gonna have a lot better time in one of those. He's yeah. a big yes, because he's a Nassau shuttle. Hee <laughs> hee, I'm too darn big to be sneaking around like this. Hee <laughs> <laughs> hee. Uh, and uh, from Prime, which Megatron from which country did he made a fortune off of selling financial slash pickup slash masculine life advice to young impressionable bots? Beast Wars. <laughs> Beast Wars Megatron is totally a fucking, like, pickup artist dude. Look at him. Listen to him. Uh, Sing my truck nuts. It's a technique called negging. Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) And uh, Robin's Prime asks, so that Wheeljack Rise of the Beast design, huh? We're not going to talk about it. Okay, so I'm not actually sure because I saw I I saw like official art for like the movie, not the toy, obviously that had him looking like Wheeljack. That might be, that might have been concept art. Bumblebee. Yeah, it, it also yeah because he does he does he is in Bumblebee and he does have his like G1 fins. Right. Yeah. yeah. It just it's it's a little disappointing because I was into him being a van. Yeah. But I, it's a little disappointing because it's like it's it's back to that like early michael bay thing where yeah. it's like it's clear that like someone on the team it's not that they just picked a name i think someone on the team like got like a one sentence pitch of what the original character was and they went wild with it because to me what it looks like he looks like uh you know like the, the new teen the new uh ninja turtles cartoon yeah where one of them is like a nerd and he's like the tech guy it looks like they they were just designing wheeljack from that angle like oh Wheeljack invents stuff, so he has, like, big classes, and he's a nerd. Yeah, and, you know? and it's and one it's of those things like... where uh, there there is a Wheeljack in Dark of the Moon. He's never called that in the movie, just like how Mirage isn't called by his name. And, like, but I don't really feel as though, at, at this point, we should just abandon all pretense that these are related film series at all, because they aren't in, yeah. in basically any way other than, like, kind of aesthetics at this at this point i I describe i describe these this new set of movies as aesthetic prequels yeah so like if there's no narrative link up if they're trying to align wheeljack's design more closely to q from darker than like you don't really need to do that i I also just just, i I hate his weird flesh i hate his weird fleshy mouth it looks so bad I'm I think still... all the mouths in this movie look bad. Yeah. I think Optimus yeah. Oh, Optimus look looks and funky I like, in this one. I like I like RC's. RC looks RC okay. looks great. Yes. RC's I RC... like RC's face sculpt in the mo- in the movies. I can't talk about her toy, mm. but 
Um, I do like her face sculpt in the movie. I don't know. I'm still going to hold out hope that the concept yeah. art can be. The movie does look baller. Though. Yeah, like yeah, it looks great. Like, so I'm holding out hope that the concept art maybe makes a reemergence. Um, but I'm not going to hold my breath about it. And even if it's not like I, the movie looks fun enough with that, like, you know, a funky looking wheel jacket isn't necessarily going to ruin it for me. Yeah, I just need him to have the, you know, the Brooklyn accent to Optimus. Yeah, as long as he's got the voice, <laughs> simple brain. I'm shocked. I'm shocked that we haven't, by the way, I'm shocked that we haven't seen, like, any Decepticon, like, uh... Well, it's... Yeah. Be- because... Or, I mean, Predacons. Yeah, well, actually, it's neither of them. It's Terrorcons are the f- enemy Oh, faction. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, Terrorcons. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm... We well, do I like... swear to God, I, I, I was just watching, uh, <laughs> the, a bunch of Transformers videos... So it's not like I don't know, but I don't know. Well, it's like you uh, it's just... not really a, it's not really been applied to a faction before. Like that's a subgroup, but like yeah. they've been called Terracons and like I'm interested in seeing what the fuck is up with them cuz one of them is voiced by Peter Dinklage, which I which is exciting but because But like is is, yeah. is is Megatron in the movie No, like the, the main villain oh. is Scourge. That sucks. And I think like isn't Nemesis Prime in it? He might be. Who knows? I think Who, I anyone, saw that. I'm pretty sure I saw that Scour- it was Scourge and Nemesis Prime, which is also insane. And also Nemesis Prime here, at least, like in the photos I saw of the car motto, just looks like Motormaster. But that's ne- neither here nor there. Um, Anything can happen in Rise of the Beast. But one thing we do know is that beasts will rise. Yeah. And you take that to It's just um, a weird movie to me because it, it looks like a movie that was already kind of mostly done before Bumblebee and then kind of adapted yeah, to it. Yeah. I remember and them. It's like a, talking about wanting to make a beast wars movie before bumblebee came out so i do wonder if this was like on the shelf and then they were like oh shit people actually like bumblebee like they actually thought it was good hang on hold up let's dust this monkey film off get ron perlman in there quite funny and then Um, they're like summer blockbuster and uh, they're right it will be throwback to the machinima transformers show Ugh. oh god Nero and i are going to have to get to that oh wait no we decided we're not going Those to have to never do that aired one. on television they don't count if it, yeah if it, does, if it wasn't on a television this or is, television analog aka a streaming an official streaming site this is a nonlinear uh, history of the transformers franchise on television not on defunct <laughs> gaming based websites <laughs> uh. um Let's move on. Yeah. Um, also from Robin is Prime is thinking about the fastball special from last episode. Should Braun talk like Wolverine and act like Wolverine and just become Transformers Wolverine? He already is. He needs to be stinkier Some... is what he needs to be. And more Canadian. <laughs> uh, and we all, we've already covered this last one from Optimus Prime Big Naturals. What do you think Starscream was like as Chassis. a scientist? Yeah. What do you think Starscream was like as a scientist back in the day? Exceedingly normal, which is why it's funny. Just a reg- just a regular fella. Probably, I mean, his uh, it, it is expanded on in like other continuities, or at least vans have expanded on in other continuities, where, um, particularly in more functionist societies, where Starscream as this war build was a rare exception to the Science Academy. Um, so the idea of him having to like fight tooth and claw sort of to get in there, mm-hmm. um, in the first place and try to make his way up to the world fits in line with the person he becomes um but certainly more normal than he is now yes yeah 
And that... And specifically 80s Starscream. Yes. And that is the last question. So, Quentin, thank you so much for joining us. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, this feels like Uh, a ridiculous question, but where can we find you? (laughs) Uh, I believe now you can find me at... They just changed it, but I think it's youtube.com slash at Quentin Reviews. All one word. Um... They just introduced a new app thing on YouTube, and so I signed up for that just to make sure I got the right one. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at, I think, twitter.com slash Q underscore review. Uh, yeah, and I had a lot of fun uh, uh, watching that first episode and then uh, watching most of the second one while it was muted. And, you were uh, a champ. Thank you so much. You, you got you got most of the relevant information, don't worry, <laughs> from that second one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, thank you. Anyway, yeah, thank you so much. Uh, I'm Nero. You can follow me on Twitter at Dragon Smoocher. You can ha- find my various other projects in various other places, uh, such as Radio Free Heidelin, the Final Fantasy XIV podcast I do with my friend Jane at Heidelin Radio. I also did with her a show about the 2018 She-Ra called The Podcast of Power at Podcast of Power on Twitter. And. I am on Disney Minus from time to time at Disney Minus Pod. Next episode is a good one. Muppet Christmas Carol. I. Ooh. I. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm Audrey. You can find me Tumblr, Twitter, and co-host at Optimum on Prime. Uh, you can also listen to the other podcast I do called Pod of Greed. It's about Yu-Gi-Oh. We finished season uh, four of GX and all with it the entire series. And we will be on break, uh, except for bonus content for our patrons um, until the new year, where we will be starting 5Ds. Um, so uh, that's on at Pod of Greed cast. Uh, you can also uh, listen around for uh, more information um about a uh, audio drama that i've been cast in the pilot of uh it's still under produ- production um but hopefully more news on that will come soon um and uh i'm also starting a new project on the moonshot network uh that i should have more information about soon as well but in the meantime you can find us on the nice space network you can also find a lot of other really cool uh shows there like stilly dense December, like the Sonic Shuffle, like Dr. Ha, um, whole, whole bunch of stuff. Uh, so you should give all of that a listen. And you should also follow us personally on Twitter um, at Prime Cuts Pod, where you can find um, the link to our Discord server as well that you should also join. It's a great time. We're going to watch Darker the Moon soon and uh, everyone will hate me again because I streamed a Bay movie into the call. It's not as bad as, as the second one. It's slightly less racist. <laughs> The bar is on the ground. <laughs> um, well, until next time, I am going to heroically sacrifice myself by running headfirst into the Arctic snow, transform, and sleep for eternity. I am going to have a totally normal relationship with my ex every time I see them transform and roll out. <laughs> and some other third thing. <laughs> and a secret third thing for Quentin. Peach. Peach. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. The Transformers.